Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. On Thursday, September 21st at 6.30 p.m. at the Lyric Theater near downtown Lexington, Kentucky Humanities will present a community conversation titled Aunt Jemima and the Complexities of Race, a conversation about race relations and stereotypes in Kentucky. The discussion begins with a brief Kentucky Chautauqua drama of Nancy Green, also known as Aunt Jemima by professional actress Deborah Falk. The performance will be followed by a community discussion about stereotypes and race relations and how the humanities can help expose and shatter those stereotypes. How can we all become more racially conscious? One of the panelists into the discussion at the Lyric on September the 21st is John Schrader. John is a Lexington lawyer and graduated from UK Law School in 1979. He practiced law for 27 years before becoming a family court judge in Fayette County. He is now back in private practice. Judge Schrader or John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill, and John is just fine. Thanks. John, in your uh, long tenure as a practicing attorney and your, your bench experience as a family court judge, how conscious have you and your colleagues been of race and of racism in society? Well, Bill, I, I dare not speak for my colleagues or pretty much for anybody else in this uh, area of discussion. I, I have thought a lot about uh, this topic since I was asked to uh, participate in, in this forum, and I've come to realize that no one individual can speak for pretty much anyone else. I certainly cannot speak for the Caucasian race or men or anyone else because I, uh, other than myself, I have realized the obvious, that we all have individual thoughts, feelings, and uh, life experiences. So I can't speak for anyone else, but I can tell you this. Uh, I, I want to be an instrument of dispensing hope in this community and helping uh, heal uh, the, the racial strife that we do experience and th that is there. Uh, it's more uh, prominent than ever, it seems, in the last uh, few weeks as we've uh, watched uh, the events in Charlottesville and, and anticipate what uh, we're looking at here in Lexington as well. When you were growing up um, in Lexington, when you were in high school, and then when you um, entered the college and, and law school, well, you went through the 60s. Uh, you remember uh, that, uh, that tragic and horrible time uh, in our country before and, and after that. Were you as as conscious of race and racism at that time um, as you are today? Uh, up to a point, I was more or less insulated from uh, these uh, uh, phenomena. Uh, I did go to Tates Creek High School, and, and when I started there, I was first exposed to uh, a considerable number of minority students in our school. I, I had not been exposed to that in, in the uh, elementary and, and junior high years. And at that point, uh, it was a very difficult time uh, for, for our city in terms of, of race, uh, as best I could interpret it as a 14-year, uh, 15, 16-year-old boy. But uh, it was challenging for me uh, as a student uh, because 
uh, I was frankly um, afraid of um, what was going on around me. There was there was a considerable amount of pushing and and uh, shoving, and I was about 120 pounds uh, at, at that time, and certainly uh, had to experience and, and deal with uh, the difficulties of, of those those days in school. Were those, you were uncomfortable then, and you dealt with it. How long did that, um, did that feeling and that, um, that emotion stay with you? Well, I uh, made it through, uh, through my high school years and went on to the University of Kentucky where I was back to a point where there were very few minorities in my uh, arena. Uh, so it was a time that I um, dealt with and, and think a lot about still. Um, but I went on from uh, that high school in those times to the university and the uh, University of Kentucky Law School and there were uh, a, a very few uh, minority students that uh, I was exposed to. And, and then uh, as, as I finished law school and, and began practicing law, uh, I did not find myself um, uh, rubbing shoulders with too many minorities for a number of years. And that was unfortunate. And I, I realized that that was a problem in my life. And I went about uh, a, a journey of, of exposing myself to, to uh, black uh, gentlemen that I felt I could befriend. And I remember so well uh, having lunch and, and getting together as often as I could with uh, a, a man named Jesse Moten, who was at the Human Rights Commission, and, and a man named Gary Payne, who came on to be a, a, a Fayette Circuit Court judge. So. I, I had to go about uh, finding uh, avenues that where I could uh, interact with uh, people in minorities to uh, enhance my life. Did you do this out of a sense of guilt? No. <laughs> I, I did it out of a sense of wanting to experience uh, what other cultures had to offer. Uh, I felt that I had missed something because the time that I did have uh, in high school was not good with, with minorities. And I, I knew that that was uh, not uh, what I would experience as an adult or felt that that was not. And, and I wanted to expose uh, my life to uh, uh, other, other gentlemen that, uh, where I could learn more uh, about their experiences and, and better myself in the process. Uh, you will soon see um, Deborah Falk's wonderful presentation of uh, Aunt Jemima. You may know um, that Nancy Green was uh, born into slavery in, in Montgomery County, Kentucky, and as an adult, she was hired to be the face of pancakes, uh, a friendly, animated African-American cook, a stereotype of the way a, a black house servant uh, was supposed to look and act. So I guess the question is, in your practice of law, representing hundreds of clients uh, and in your time on the bench, can you cite, even in your background in school, any, any examples uh, of stereotypes that, that, that really go beyond the maybe just comical or, or uh, uh, serious portrayal, portrayal of, of racism? In other words, th there were comedic characters um, that we all remember, uh, but a stereotype of, of someone who was supposed to act 
a certain way just because they were black. Did you witness any of that? I'm not certain how to answer that question uh, other than uh, I will relate this, that over the period of 20 plus years uh, before I became a, a judge in family court, I represented a lot of apartment communities and uh, management companies here in Lexington. And I defended a lot of claims of racial discrimination. Uh, these, were, these were difficult cases to my heart because I certainly uh, understood uh, how someone would feel that uh, they were mistreated, and yet I had a duty to my clients uh, to defend those claims, and um, I had to deal with this, uh, um, this uh, circumstance, I guess you would say, uh, for many, many years. And uh, I uh, left the, the practice of law to become a family court judge, and of course in that arena I, I, it was um, uh, a, a situation where I was uh, required to uh, take a look at people across the table and make decisions about who the better parent would be and I quickly came to realize that I could care less what color they were, what color hair they had, whether they had tattoos, piercings or anything else. I looked to the heart and I learned that. I'm thankful for that experience. Do you think about some of the young men and women that are white and are acting out in violent ways in society today? I'm thinking about Charleston, and I'm thinking about Charlottesville, and I'm thinking about so many other incidences where, where you would never expect to to read about or learn of a heinous act and you want to know why? Of course, of, of course. Uh, I think about it constantly actually because I'm preparing my heart for this forum. I, I want to make a difference in, in our community and I have read stories of uh, anticipated uh, protests and uh, having the, the, those who you've described here, uh, the white supremacist, come in. Uh, I have wondered how we as a community should recognize their uh, freedom of speech and, and the rights of those who would protest uh, what they are saying and uh, balance that against uh, the way we can provide for protection and, and dignity in this process. You take two white kids side by side, one uh, matures, grows up, goes to law school, becomes something in his life. The other, is it unfair to say, uh, takes a different path, uh, becomes uh, filled with uh, hate and bigotry, uh, acts out in, in violent uh, ways? Why? Why in today's society do we still have those acts of violence? I think it must come in part from uh, parenting. Uh, we, we have to recognize that we have uh, an obligation to uh, teach our children uh, as early as possible not to hate each other and not to be afraid. And it's a hard lesson. It was a very hard lesson for me to learn. Uh, 
as I alluded to, I, I grew up in an era where um, there was hatred, there was fear of of the the black person uh, that we might see. We were living in the era still of of Jim Crow laws. Uh, it was unlawful to uh, enter uh, marry uh, in until 1967. So. Um, that's all we were exposed to, and it is very difficult to overcome that. But with with guidance, and uh, I, I think a reflection on on uh, the heart and what's uh, inside as opposed to what we see on the outside, we are able to overcome it. I, I want to encourage our community to to do that, and and I really hope that uh, this forum will open some doors open some eyes and open some dialogue that will help facilitate that how can we all become more racially conscious it's not hard to become to be racially conscious because uh, even if you uh, suggest that you're you're colorblind uh, it's impossible to overlook uh, a person's skin color you're you're not being honest if you say i I can't tell if that's a black person or a white person Uh, we know that we look at skin color. Um, how can we overcome that? Uh, I, I think that we have to uh, recognize it first and, um, and then talk about it. I'm, I'm preparing myself to ask questions and to make uh, statements at this forum that will, uh, will not necessarily be well received. I, I know that there is controversy. We cannot avoid that in this area. But it's worth uh, exposing ourselves to these things in order to try to help the next generation. I, I owe it to my, my grandchildren uh, and to uh, others in this community to try to uh, solve this problem. Uh, New York Times columnist David Brooks recently wrote um, that the world feels like a hostile environment. He assumed that as a, as a society, as a people, became more equal, that we would all share in, in this equal um, identity. But as we both know, that hasn't happened. Um, the world, um, the U.S., uh, particularly at this time, in some ways, another writer said, feels more anxious. There, there's a lot of anxiety every, every, uh, with every turn. Um, and, and we've already mentioned Charlottesville, but you only have to, to look at that. And other examples might be what may or may not happen in, in Lexington with, with the Monument debate, Louisville, uh, other places uh, across the state of Kentucky. H- how, should, how, how would you suggest that we respond to to bigotry and hate? Well, I, I live in a hostile world. I'm in the courtroom <laughs> uh, every day or every week. Uh, I'm, I'm accustomed to uh, that arena, and I have learned that there is a way to engage in uh, the necessary discourse of uh, ideas and to promote positions that you think are important, to be passionate, uh, and yet to not allow anger to rule the day. We, we have to uh, somehow uh, teach our, the next generation, and, our, and all generations for that matter, that we cannot allow anger to uh, overwhelm our, our sense of reason. We, we have to be able to talk about these things 
without yelling. When you when a person is angry, all you hear is the anger. You can't hear what they're telling you. We haven't had enough conversations about race. Not at all. I, they are uh, difficult conversations. I have not had the conversations about race that I would like to have within my family. And, uh, and I have um, a wonderful son-in-law that is African-American. I have a biracial granddaughter. I have a, a daughter-in-law who is, uh, has Hispanic heritage. It, it is all around us, and yet uh, it is very difficult to talk about these things um, for fear of a lack of understanding. And, and we may not be understood, but we still need to talk. Does it not come up over Thanksgiving dinner or, or Christmas uh, gatherings or birthdays? It, because is somebody avoiding it? Are you avoiding it? Or is it just because it's something that doesn't, it's not top of mind conversation? Well, uh, it is uncomfortable. And, and to a certain extent, I, I guess it is avoided. It, it's also something that you don't have to say. Um, these people in my family know that I love them and accept them unconditionally and uh, I don't have to say I don't care what color you are they know that uh, so I, I think that um, this is an opportunity perhaps because of this forum perhaps because of uh, uh, the um, efforts to move the, the Confederate uh, statues here uh, this is the time we need to have those uncomfortable talks in our in our living rooms uh, at the workplace perhaps and in our churches uh, and with our neighbors I hope you'll bring your family with you on um, September the 21st well I don't know what their plans are but uh, <laughs> uh, I appreciate the offer uh, we're discussing Aunt Jemima and the complexities of race a special Kentucky humanities community conversation to be held on uh, September the 21st at 6.30 p.m. at the Lyric Theater on 3rd Street in uh, Lexington. Uh, then on, by the way, it's open uh, to the public and free of charge. And then on Friday, September the 22nd uh, at 9 a.m. at the, the new Frederick Douglass High School uh, where we will have a similar discussion, uh, a performance by Deborah Falk, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Aunt Jemima, uh, that is not open to the public. Uh, they, we are inviting, um, we had a, a great conversation with the new principal uh, of uh, Frederick Douglass, Lester Diaz, and he has invited all five high schools uh, in Fayette County, including Frederick Douglass, to participate. So this is going to be a, a forum for youth, and maybe that's where uh, the conversation needs to be started with, with younger people uh, thinking about this. So we're all looking forward uh, to that. Uh, besides uh, John Schrader, who's with me uh, today on this Think Humanities podcast, our other panelists include Ricardo Nazario E. Colon, Chief Diversity Officer at Western Carolina University, Dr. Gerald Smith, University of Kentucky African American History Professor, and Dr. Kelly Madison of Cal State uh, University in Los Angeles. And the panel be, will be moderated uh, by KET's Renee Shaw. Um, and I, I'd like to just finally ask you, John, uh, the same question I asked Dr. Madison on last week's uh, podcast. Uh, what, what would, for, for your, from your standpoint, what will be the best outcome of this community conversation on September the 21st at the Lyric? 
the best outcome from my perspective would be that people can get rid of uh, anger that has ruled them for decades and be able to recognize each other's humanity and, and, and the beauty of each other's uh, person without respect to their uh, exterior uh, perspective. And you know what, in um, in, in a, I think a very special way, um, I, I'd not asked this question to Dr. Madison or Dr. You, uh, or, or you before um, this conversation. And it strikes me that, that both of you answered uh, in, in a similar way. I'm not one that, uh, that sends out my questions in advance. And so you didn't know I was going to ask that. Dr. Madison uh, didn't either. And yet you both have uh, hope that uh, there'll be a, a, a greater understanding, uh, more dialogue, more conversation uh, about this, uh, this very serious issue that uh, we are faced with today and, and will be tomorrow. Well, I, I really would like to focus on, on the anger that has uh, ruled people's lives for so many years. Uh, that has to be uh, eliminated somehow. There, there's no reason for someone to carry anger at, uh, for example, a, a black person who may have pushed me in, in the 10th grade. That, that doesn't make sense. I shouldn't carry that anymore. And, and so when you ask about the difference in my life and the person that is a, is a white supremacist that comes to, to uh, protest, uh, that person has anger that, that needs to be resolved. They're carrying it to the detriment of all the society and to his own detriment. John Schrader, we appreciate you uh, being our guest on this edition of uh, Think uh, Humanities podcast. And for more information about our community conversation, please visit our homepage at kyhumanities.org. For Think Humanities, I'm Bill Goodman. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities and is a production of the University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences. This podcast was created at the Media Depot. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Thank you.